You are listening to Rockstar Fitness Radio, taking your health, your fitness, and your mindset to the next level, all science, no BS. In this podcast, I cover topics important to you, the woman who loves to lift like a beast while looking like a svelte beauty. We emphasize the importance of training smarter, not just harder, and geared towards natural bodybuilding and more. I'm your host, IFBB Pro Roxy Beckles. Hello, hello, and welcome, welcome back, you guys. I'm so happy to have you join me here on today's podcast. Now, I know it's been a little while since I added a new episode for you guys, and a lot has been going on in my neck of the the woods. And just like the changing of direction and where I'm headed with my channel and with my blog, with the podcast, and really with my life, it's been like so busy. I I got caught up um, with a move actually about two months ago. So I'm in a new space, a new apartment, and you know, it's, it's so wonderful. I absolutely love it. And like so many of us, I've been dealing with the craziness of COVID-19 and this pandemic. Wow, right? I mean, it feels like it's been forever as far as the situations with the lockdowns and, you know, just not really being able to move in life the way that we're all used to. At the time of this recording, I feel like, let let me do the math, it's been about seven months seven months of life completely upended and nonetheless i'm still here i'm still standing and i hope that you're doing okay too and so today i want to kick off our inaugural podcast our returning podcast with an important conversation that i've been having over on my youtube channel that i want to invite you to make sure that you come by and check out and to get to my YouTube channel, you can go to rockstarfitness.com at R-O-X-S-T-A-R fitness.com and you'll see where you can click the button to go ahead and go to my channel and subscribe. And um, one of the most passionate topics I have of late that I really feel is important for me to discuss with you, my audience, is this topic about obesity, particularly in the black community and more importantly to black women of our community. And the obesity epidemic has really been put front and center right here, right now in the whole COVID situation. When we found out that the high risk people, the people that are at highest risk to contract and die of COVID are those who are obese, people who have pre pre-existing conditions and stuff like that. So we're talking about people who are overweight. We're talking about people who deal with uh, diabetes. We're talking about people who deal with uh, high blood pressure and, and heart disease, people who have pulmonary issues, asthma, um, COPD, and a number of other things. And so the thing that is the saddest part about those who are high risk of catching this disease and dying of it are those who are in the obesity category because you are in a category in which lifestyle changes can take you out of that high risk factor. The way that you eat, the way that you train, that you know, if you were to take control of this and get yourself in a healthy state physically, you wouldn't have a higher chance of contracting and then dying from this pandemic, from this disease. And it goes beyond that. 
because as black women, we are the heads of our family. We are the examples. You know, the black existence is so much of a matriarchy. And if we are not taking care of ourselves, we are not taking care of our children and their health and their chances of being obese or overweight. And interestingly enough, the numbers of African-American children and teenagers who are obese and overweight are high. They are the highest in the country. So ladies, we have to start to talk about this. We have to start to take control. And that's what today's discussion is going to be all about. Now, I know that this topic is very close to home. It's very touchy. People get offended. But the thing is, is that our PC culture, our culture of just walking around on eggshells as to not offend everybody or anybody is what's keeping us stuck. It's what's keeping us sick. So I want to say right now that this is not a fat shaming conversation. This isn't a conversation to put women down. This isn't a conversation to make you feel bad. The unfortunate thing is that sometimes, and not even sometimes, but pretty much all the time when you are putting a mirror up to yourself and you're forcing yourself to look at the things about you that are not ideal, that need fixing, it never feels comfortable. It always feels bad. No matter where in your life you're looking at this, you can be looking at this from a standpoint of your weight. You can be looking at your finances. You can be looking at your your romantic life. You could be looking at your family relationships. It doesn't matter. When things are out of sync and out of order, when someone tells you what the problem is, it's always going to hurt and feel uncomfortable. So what I need for you to know, for those of you who need to hear this conversation, who by hearing this will make huge changes in your life that will be the catalyst to you being better, healthier, weight loss, and all that stuff. I need you to hear this with a sense of more um, objective eyes and to just really take in the message without getting offended. And if you are getting defensive and offended, that is okay. Acknowledge those feelings and realize that I'm probably talking about you and that it is time to change. So let's go ahead and jump into this conversation. Now, before we do jump in, I want you to take a moment and if you are listening to this on my YouTube channel, make sure that you subscribe right now and make sure that you hit the bell notification so that way when I release new videos, you absolutely do not miss a single thing. And also give this video a thumbs up right now so that way we can spread this message to as many women who need to hear it. It will help with the YouTube algorithm and kind of give me an idea of the kind of topics that you want to hear from me. If you are joining me on the podcast, I want to welcome you no matter what platform you're on, whether you are on iTunes, if you are on uh, Spotify, if you are on uh, SoundCloud or, or Google Play or Stitcher, wherever you are right now and you've stumbled across this, make sure that you subscribe to my podcast and share this. Share this link because when you share, you add value. And that's a really important thing. And the other thing is that by you sharing, we're getting this message out to as many women as we need to that, that can be helped and just change their lives for the better. So please go ahead and make sure that you share, subscribe and all of that good stuff. And uh, stick around to the very end of this of this uh, conversation, because if you need help and you need to get to that next level in your life, I want to be able to talk to you and I'll tell you how you can get into contact with me with a clarity call. So depending on when you are hearing this particular uh, podcast and listening to this message, I'm planning on doing a whole series on my YouTube channel about the obesity epidemic in the black community, particularly how it impacts black women. 
and I will be doing a um, a live show on this. And, and my live shows are now all about calling in and, and talking to my audience and just really including all of you in getting the solutions that we want for the issues I'm raising for each of the topics I'm covering. So um, if you happen to join me uh, in time enough to watch this, I will be doing a live broadcast on the obesity epidemic. I'm calling it at critical mass. And I'm doing that on the 23rd of October and we'll be hitting that up. That's a Friday and we're gonna be going live at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So make sure that you go ahead to my YouTube channel and you set the notification for that. And if it's after that time period in which you're hearing this, no problems, I could go ahead and put the little in the little eye circle thing at the top there, click that and you'll be able to watch the video replay. And for this particular podcast, I'll go ahead and put the link in the description. I can't even speak. I'll put the link in the description of this podcast so you can watch that video no matter where you are. So here's the statistic that we really need to talk about. And I'm all about showing you the numbers and showing you the science because what I don't want you to think is that this is a conversation based on feelings, based on anecdote. This is not anecdotal stuff. This is stuff that is actually documented and that we need to really address. So here's something I want to read back to you. And this is from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of minority health. So this was put out put out by the hhs.gov. This is official from the US government. African American women have the highest rates of obesity or being overweight compared to other groups in the United States. About 4 out of 5 African American women are overweight or obese. 4 out of 5, guys. So that's sitting right at about 80%. So when you hear people say that 80% of black women are either obese or overweight, that is where that statistic is coming from. It's coming from the Department of Health and Human Services, and it's well documented. In 2018, non-Hispanic blacks were 1.3 times more likely to be obese as compared to non-Hispanic whites. In 2018, African-American women were 50% more likely to be obese than non-Hispanic white women. So 50% of us were more likely to be obese than our white counterparts. From 2013 to 2016, non-Hispanic black females were 2.3 times more likely to be overweight as compared to non-Hispanic white females. People who are overweight are more likely to suffer from high blood pressure, high levels of butt blood fats, diabetes, and high cholesterol, all risk factors for heart disease and stroke. And finally, in 2018, African-Americans were 20% less likely to engage in physical activity as compared to non-Hispanic whites. That is an issue. So 4.5, 4 out of 5, okay, 80% of African-American women are overweight or obese as taken since the 2018 numbers have come out. And then on top of that, it's crazy how you see the, the converse uh, relationship in this. Only 20% of people, okay, so probably the rest of the 20% that are not obese or overweight are those who actually engage in physical activity. So do you see the correlation here? Not only is it that we're likely eating not as optimally as we could be, but we're not even working out at the same time. 
So we need to go a little bit deeper into this rhetoric. Now, there's a very interesting article that came out in the Atlanta Voice, and this was in November of 2019. And they're talking about these crazy astronomical numbers. It's called obesity among black women outrageously high. And one of the things that I really liked about this this article is that they talked about some of the underlying issues as to how we got here. And that conversation can go on and on and on, but I'm going to point out a couple of the things that were brought up in this particular article. Now, a lot of women will argue genetics as a main factor. You know, I come from a family of overweight people. My, you know, my my mother, my father's side of the family are very thick and chubby or whatever. And they blame that as a reason as to why they too are overweight. But I have a challenge to that. And the challenge is that if you know that you come from a a lineage of people who tend to be more obese and overweight, don't you think it's in your personal responsibility to ensure that you don't suffer the same fate? And then the other issue with that is the fact that the human body isn't even designed to be that shape. The human body is not designed to carry high amounts of body fat. Sure, there are people who have stockier genetics. However, if you look back in history, if you look back in prehistory with man and as as we were developing into Homo sapiens and where we are as a species today, you didn't really see man surviving and man would not have survived if we were conditioned to be overweight, conditioned to be slow, conditioned for our bodies not be able to move, to run, to fend off, to fight. So to say that this is just genetics and this is how my family is, is to deny the fact that the people in your family are not taking responsibility for their health and thus you weren't taught to do that and thus now you are in the situation that you are in. But there's another interesting study because we can't even blame the fact that, okay, maybe you can say, I didn't know, nobody talked to me about this stuff. Well, well, let me tell you this interesting statistic. So this same website, right, the same uh, U.S. government website, the Department of of Health and Human Services, the Office of, My- of Minority Health, they've also put out the numbers that say that the percentage of adults 18 years of age and over who were obese and were given advice to exercise more in the United States, now, this survey was taken or these numbers were taken in 2016, and they found that non-Hispanic blacks were instructed to work out and to exercise at 6. 65.1%. of non-Hispanic Blacks were told to exercise even though they were obese or overweight. Now, here's another uh, statistic for you to, to keep in mind. The percentage of adults 18 years of age and over who were obese and were given advice about eating fewer Uh, high-fat or high-cholesterol foods in the United States in 2016 were sitting at 48.2%. 48.2%, so that's nearly half. So over half of the people who are obese and overweight over the age of 18, 65% were told to exercise in order to remedy that condition. And alternatively, that same group were told to eat better, to eat healthier. And they were told that at 48.2%. So 
the fact that you're saying that you're nobody is telling you is a lie. And even if somebody's not telling you, you're coming across this on the internet. You're coming across this in social media. You're coming across this in the magazines that you that you read or the the, the TV shows that you watch. You know the risk factors and you know what's at stake and you know what to do. So then the question again comes, how do your genetics play into this? How can you blame that when you know what you have to do? It's the fact that you're not taking the action needed. 80% of us are now in a dire situation with our health. You cannot afford to gamble with that anymore. So the question is, when are you going to take that responsibility? Now, here's another interesting part of this particular article in The Atlantic. Um, and I had actually found a study that was done on this quite recently. And it goes into some of the excuses that you often hear black women give when it comes to reasons why they are not working out. 80% are overweight and obese. 80% don't work out. And here's one of the things that this article pointed out, okay, in the Atlanta Voice. And it says the cultural standards and barriers. Some will argue that there are a number of cultural barriers, fashionably, family responsibilities, stressful lifestyle that may also challenge or prevent many African-American women from exercising regularly. United States Surgeon General Regina Benjamin stated in an interview for the Chicago uh, Tribune, oftentimes you will get women saying, I can't exercise today because of my hair or, or get my hair, my hair wet. For some, there's a trade-off between preserving heat-required hairstyles and physical fitness, and research suggests that misplaced vanity is at the root of the problem. Now, how many times have you been in that situation yourself? I know that there were times where I had that thought as well, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to mess up my hair. But as someone who is really more concerned about my health and how I look physically, and the health of my body, honey, I put that hair up, I pulled it back, I tied it down, and I got down to work. But so many women choose not to be active over something so incredibly frivolous. Now, if you think that I'm making that up, like I said, I've got a study for you. Back in 2017, the Frontiers in Public Health um, put out a, a study in their journal uh, dated on January January. Um, January 17, 2018, sorry if I said the wrong date, but they put out um, a study that talked about hair as a barrier to physical activity among African-American women, a qualitative exploration. And we've had, they had several researchers uh, going into this topic and the background that they, that they shared here, I'll read it off for you. This is just the, this is just pretty much the, um, the abstract. Okay. So African-American women face unique sociocultural Barriers to physical activity engagement, such, such barriers may contribute to their low physical activity levels and high cardiometabolic disease burden. One particular barrier reported among African-American women in recent research is that being physically active can have an undesir undesirable effect on the hairstyles and hair maintenance of many African-American women. However, the underlying mechanisms contributing to this barrier, barrier have not been fully elucidated. The purpose of this study is to explore hairstyle maintenance as a barrier to physical activity among African-American women and to identify effective strategies to overcome this barrier in design of a culturally relevant uh, physical activity intervention. So basically speaking, they're exploring why the heck all of 
these women out here will not work out and will risk being obese and overweight because they don't want to sweat their hair out and try to come up with some solutions. So the conclusion that they came up with at the end of this abstract is that finding highlight, findings highlight the significance of hair in the African-American community and provide further insight on appropriate intervention de- design strategies to overcome this sociocultural barrier to physical activity. Future research is needed to corroborate and further expand on our findings. So they went in and they talked about like the socio um, economic uh, concerns for black women, the fact that, that so many of us are putting so much money into hair, hair products, weaves, this, that, the other, that we don't want to lose that investment in these hair products and these hair care that we would forego training and working out and taking care of ourselves just to save on that end. Does that make any kind of sense to you whatsoever, right? Just freaking insane. And they also talked about how image within the black community has an impact on reasons why women choose to maintain their hairstyles versus working out and taking care of their bodies. So again, this is another excuse that we often use that's keeping us stuck and keeping us fat. And we've got to talk about this. If you can't wrap your hair up, if you can't put your hair in a freaking scarf, if you can't put your hair up in pin curls, if you can't put your hair up in a bun, then be okay with staying in the 80% who are in a category where at some point in your life, it's going to be a matter of life and death because you chose not to work out. Congratulations. Great choice. Now, here's another interesting factor that this article also pointed out that I want to address with you, and that is the way that we embrace obesity as beauty, as a part of the beauty standard in the black community. Going back to the article, it says that the Washington Post and the Kaiser Family Foundation conducted a poll to get the perspective directly from the source. According to the Washington Post, the poll revealed that although black women are generally heavier than their white counterparts, they report having appreciably higher levels of self-esteem. That figure was 66% among black women considered by government standards obese or overweight. So research like this also suggests that as a culture, the majority of African-American women see no harm in being too vain to take accountability for their health. The 1992 hit Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot highlighted the fact that many black men embrace full-figured black women despite contra- contrary beliefs. And they go off to cite some of his lyrics, which I know you've heard the song already, so I don't need to go into what he said. And the article goes on to say, songs like this and, other in- and others inspired black women to love the skin that they're in and be proud of their thickness, quote unquote, because... Men appreciate rolls, curves, and big bottoms. For many years, many R&B, hip-hop, and rap musicians have typecasted the women they have in their music videos. And more often than not, the video fixings usually have a small waist, thick hips, thighs, and a big butt. Black women who, weren't, who aren't thick or curvy are going to great measures to achieve this look. So how often do we talk about that, Right. So a lot of our women have this sense of, this inflated sense of being thick, being overweight, or calling what's actually overweight and obese, quote unquote, thick, masking it as that, and doing it because our men like it. 
And I've got to say, ladies, I mean, for some of you, yeah, some of you are, you know, thick, you got some shape and, you know, I'm a thick woman, but I'm thick and I'm fit. Okay. There's hardly an ounce of unnecessary fat on my body. Okay. So if you want to call somebody thick, this is a thick body type that you're looking at when you're looking at me as a woman who is five, six and a half, and my weight fluctuates anywhere between 155 to 165 pounds on any given day, right? Depending on how hard I'm working out. (laughs) But a woman who's my height, five, six and a half, let's say, who doesn't work out like I do, I have a lot of muscle mass. You You are sitting here listening to a woman who is a former top level competitor in bodybuilding. So I have a lot of muscle mass. Many of you do not and will not have as much as I do, which is why my scales tip the way they do. So we're talking about a woman who may be five, six and a half and her 165 pounds looks way different. She doesn't really work out. Only 20% of us are working out. So you don't have the muscle mass that you think you have. That's fat, honey. Or you have women who are my height, who are 175, 185, 195, 200 pounds. Ladies, that's not normal. Even if you wanted to say and compare it to white women and say, hey, look, we are typically thicker than they are. They're built differently than we are. But guess what? Being a woman at five, six and a half, who's, you know, tipping the scales near 200 pounds, 180 pounds or so, is not normal. It's not healthy. But because you might have thick thighs that saves lives, you might have some hips, you might have a booty and you're turning heads, you project that that is okay when it's not. So we have to start changing what we accept as the beauty standard within our community. Now, I'm not saying you need to be a skinny mini. I never said that. But to be the healthiest that you can be at your height, at your weight, at your, at your you know, stature, to be a person who moves out of the, the 80% who don't work out and move into the 20% that do, so we can go ahead and start bumping up that number and you do it consistently, you're eating well, you're going to start looking really good. And so what? You may not be the skinniest woman on the planet, but you are thick and curvy in a way that's healthy because you are working for it, not because you're allowing yourself to be overweight or obese and calling that thick. And that is where we are, ladies. We could be winning the game. Black women, we have the shape. We have the curves. We have it. We have the skin tone. We've got everything. We got this melanin in us that keeps us from aging like the mother folks do. But you're throwing it away, honey. All right, because black is cracking. Black does crack. I did a video on this in my YouTube, on my YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, if you're listening to this there, go ahead and click the circle I thing at the top and you'll find it there on my, um, on my playlist. And if you are listening to this podcast, come on over to my website and type that into the search box. Black does crack and you'll find the, the video that comes up on that. But your black is cracking every single day that you allow yourself to be overweight, obese, and out of shape and not doing anything about it. And here's the thing about embracing where you are, because I firmly believe in that. I firmly believe that as a woman, when you're trying to change yourself, you have to accept and embrace where you are in the present. As you look diligently to the future that you are evolving to. But it doesn't mean that you are allowing yourself to be complacent and to be okay with being where you are. See, I don't think you can beat yourself up and come from a place of constant negativity on a day-to-day basis if having positive change is something that you want. You can't do that. 
embracing that, yeah, you know what? I'm out of shape. The numbers, you know, here, according to the CDC, say I'm obese, I'm overweight, I got to do something about it, and I am doing something about it, This, but I can't hate myself through it. I've got to just say, hey, I made the mistake, and I'm here to fix it. I'm here to learn. I'm here to do it better, and that's what I'm doing every single day. So yes, it is okay to embrace where you are. It is not okay to lie to yourself. It's not okay. And I hope that today's conversation really does give you that impetus to want to change. Now, one of the next thing that this article does point out is the talk of food. And you know, within our communities, whether you are Black American, if you are, you know, if you are foundational Black American, you got that Southern food and that stuff that we all love, or you are of the Caribbean, you know, very, you know, many. Caribbean culture is all about like rich foods and stuff like that. So here's what they say about the, the, the food issue within our community. In most African-American gatherings and celebrations, food is the highlight of the event and often sought out as the most important. The problem is that calorie-dense foods that are rich in flavor but lack vital nutrients are usually presented as a way of fellowship with little to no portion control. And then the article goes on to say, researchers speculate whether this may be the first generation to not outlive their parents, considering the alarming number of obese children who later become obese adults. There is a psychological approach to preventing obesity, and it is the responsibility of the parents to have candid uh, discussions about what children should put into their bodies and what foods are important to consume in moderation. So that's something we need to point out and talk about. Because a little earlier, I told you that the, the obesity epidemic is becoming higher in our kids, right? I told you about it being higher in, our, in the adolescents and the teenagers. And of course, that's going to translate to them being overweight as adults. So here are some more statistics for you to ponder. So the first numbers of this uh, of these statistics, which by the way, again, come from the US Department of Health and Human Services, the Office of Minor- Minority Health. The first number I want you to, to ponder are of children, okay? So they took a, a set of statistics for the percentage of obesity among children and adolescents ages six to 11 years of age. This is between the years of 2013 and 2016. So for non-Hispanic black females, that number is at 24.1%. And that is compared to only 10.4% of non-Hispanic white children, girls, okay? For the boys, our boys are doing way better in this category. So the percentage of obesity among children and adolescents ages 6 to 11 years of age for our boys, non-Hispanic black boys are at 15.5% while non-Hispanic white boys are at 17.3. So our boys were doing better. They were outpacing the girls at that point. So the total of non-Hispanic black children versus white children who are in that obesity category between the ages of 6 and 11, it was 19.8 for non-black children and only 14% for white children. So that's a ratio of about 1.4. That is really serious, you guys. Now, they took another set of statistics, a percentage of children and adolescents, and they, re- they, they actually took the age out a little bit more and looked at ages 6 to 17 in the same years, 2013 to 2016, 
our non-Hispanic black children were sitting at 23.5% obesity rate. This is everybody all together, boys and girls, compared to the white children, which are at 15.5%. So it's at a ratio of one and a half, one and a half more times likely to be obese for our kids ages six to 17. Now, they also took another set of statistics back in 2017. And this is the percentage of high school students who were just overweight. Okay, they were in the overweight category. And for our females, for our, for our young black girls in high school, non-Hispanic black girls is at 20.8%. Whereas for our black boys, once again, they were outpaced. They were outpacing the girls in being like not obese and not heavy. The boys were only sitting at 14.8. So the girls were ahead by the boys in 2017 by six percentage points, like literally six percentage points. Females at 20.8% versus 14.8 for our black boys. Now compare that to the white children, right? White high school students, the girls, we're at 14.3% in the obesity, ca- in the overweight category. They were just overweight compared to only 13.6% of white boys. So once again, looking at the statistic, black girls in high school are obese, are, sorry, I keep on saying obese, they're overweight. I'll do the obesity numbers in a moment. They're overweight at a percentage point of 20.8% versus white girls who are just overweight at 14.3. We are outpacing them by 1.5, a ratio of 1.5. Now the percentage of high school students who were obese, now we're just talking about the overweight people. This is the obesity number. And here's an interesting thing that's happening with our boys versus girls. So in 2017, they did a survey and this is the data that they got. So in 2017, Non-Hispanic black females were 16.7% obese versus 10.3% for white girls. Now with our boys, black boys who were obese in high school, black obese boys were sitting at 19.7%. So they were outpacing our girls in that department. But listen, it's still not good. And the white boys, in comparison to the white girls, were also outpacing them as well at 14.8. So more high school white boys and more high school black boys tended to be obese in percentage versus the girls in both categories. But we still have the fact that our black girls are outpacing the white girls or the non-Hispanic white girls in the obesity realm. And they were more likely to be obese by a 1.6 ratio. Now, before you get your panties in a bunch and you're saying that I'm picking on this information and I'm, I'm being so hard on black people, let's go back to the statistic that 80% of us are obese or overweight, a ratio of four out of five. It starts when, these, when you are children. And for the first time, Researchers are finding that because these children are obese and they're going into high school and they're becoming overweight or obese, it's going to feed into the adults who are overweight or obese. And that's going to outpace, we're going to outpace living, our parents, outpace dying before our parents, basically, is what I'm trying to say. For the first time in generations. 
And that is why we are at critical mass right now. We have to do something about it. We have to, we've got to talk about it. We got to talk about what those solutions are, right? So this is the problem. And in my live conversation, in my live presentation, in my live video, we're going to kind of talk about some solutions. I'm not going to give the solutions here in the podcast because I want to spark the conversation. I want to put it out there. I want to let you know what's going on. And I want to just put it at your feet to think about. And I want you to come on over to my YouTube channel, come on over to my website to watch that presentation where I'm going to talk about some solutions because this is not something that I can pack into a small um, conversation on a podcast. And really, this isn't even something that's going to just be one conversation. We're going to be talking about this. We're going to be breaking down solutions. We're going to be talking about all of this stuff piece by piece in upcoming podcasts, upcoming videos. And for those of you that want to change these uh, statistics, we are at a point where information is at your fingertips. We are at a point in life where everything that you need to know to do better is here. In this time, in the pandemic right now that we're in, which is going to be with us for a long time. It's already been seven months and we are going into the winter months now. Okay, I live in Southern California and even on today, like a day like today, it's actually dreary. It's a little cool out. It's October. Our, our weather has been really warm. The last couple of weeks, we were like, you know, 80 degrees, 90 degrees. But, you know, now we're starting to trend down because it's we're going into the winter months. And if you are living in the East on the East Coast or in the Midwest, you know that those temperatures about to plummet. And so is the cold and flu season. And now we've got COVID in there. So we are just walking into a ticking time bomb. And for those of you who are trying to avoid it by staying in, by not interacting too much with other people, by trying to stay healthy, and those of you who know that you are a high risk factor, now is the time to put in the, the effort and the ability and, and everything that you have to evolve, to get better. Now is the time to start taking care of your health. If you're sitting at home and you're working from home, I know you got the kids at home and all this stuff, but make it all happen. You can do it very easily by simply changing how you eat, how you cook. You can simply do it by getting out of the house, going for a walk if your gym isn't open, finding some home workouts. I've got plenty of workouts in my Patreon. Come on by and check that out. Patreon.com slash Rockstar Fitness, R-O-X-S-D-A-R Fitness. Or start working with someone. Work with a coach. Work with me. I'll tell you how to do that in a moment. If you don't want to work with me, work with somebody. But it's not going to change if you don't do anything about it. And if you don't have someone sitting there telling you how important the issue truly is, how grand the issue is, if you don't have someone telling you that, then how do you know what to change, right? So I'm here to help you to know what to change. What are your thoughts? I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. If you're watching this from my website, come on over and scroll down the page there, add your thoughts to the comments. If you're watching this from an alert you got on my social media, on Facebook, um, then make sure that you go ahead and post your comments and share this this as well, because I think this information really needs to get out there so we can talk about this issue in, greater, in a greater capacity, get more people involved and come up with some viable solutions. If you're listening to this from my YouTube channel, fantastic. I want you to make sure to post your comments below. I want you guys to also make sure that you join me on this live 
webinar that I'm having live talk on my channel. I'm doing that on October 23rd. That's a Friday and that's tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you happen to watch it in the replay, no problem. Come on by. I still want to hear what your thoughts are and, and, and just have you in that conversation. And in that particular conversation we are going to talk about the solutions we're going to talk about this stuff in greater depth i have more numbers to show you and to go over with you again i always like to be armed with the science so you understand the issue and then we'll talk about how we can get you on the road to fixing that particularly if you are suffering from this and if you know other women that are because we all do 80 percent means that majority are and we all have someone whose life we need to impact Come on over to my YouTube channel uh, and make sure that you set the, the reminder to get that notification or come over to my website to watch that video in the replay if you're listening to this later on. Now, for those of you who know that you're ready to take action and you're in a place right now where you know you need the help, you need the coaching, not only the training and the nutrition portion, but the mindset, the goal setting, and really just getting yourself out of your own way, attacking some of the things that are holding you back mentally, holding you back emotionally, holding you back spiritually even. I really take all of those aspects of what I call fitness, the mental fitness, emotional fitness, physical fitness, and spiritual fitness. And we take a look at how we can cultivate all of that in your life to change your lifestyle for the better. And along the way, you're going to change your body and put in place the behaviors, the mindset, and the habits. It's not only gonna get you to change, but stay there forever. And that's the important thing, changing actions and habits and all that stuff. And if this is something that you know you need and you cannot do it on your own, you've gotta talk to me. Come on over to my website, rockstarfitness.com. That's R-O-X, like my name, Roxy. R-O-X-S-T-A-R fitness.com slash clarity call. Go ahead and fill out an application to speak with me and set up an appointment. And we'll talk for 30 minutes about what's really holding you back. What's the thing that is like stopping you from being your absolute greatest. And if I can help you, I'm going to tell you what the solution is going to be for us to work together. Now, for those of you who are not able to do coaching right now, maybe it's not in your budget. You do not have to stay stuck. Come on over to my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash rockstarfitness. Again, that's R-O-X-S-T-A-R fitness. And sign up at the $27 level. Sign up at that level so you can get workouts. You can get access to things that you can do at home or at the gym. You can get access to master classes and journal prompts and the ability to talk with me once a month in our group coaching calls to help you to stay focused, motivated, on track, and get some accountability. Ladies, the power to change is in your hand. You have to take action. I cannot do it for you, but I can do it with you and I can give you the guidance that you need. And I want to thank you right now for taking the time to listen, for taking the time to be a part of my community. And I want to go ahead and encourage you to just be brave and to do what you need to do for you to be better. I hope to catch you on the next one. Be sure to subscribe no matter where you are. Sign up for the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up over on YouTube. Give it some stars over there on on my podcasting uh, stations. And I will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.